Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to talk to you today about receiving your children and leaning into their needs. Are you exhausted from hearing the mom, 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 can you help me? Mom, can I do this? Mom, can you can you create this? Can you do this? Can you cook this all day long? Our kids need a lot from us. And while that can be completely exhausting and seem all-consuming, there is a way to have more joy and more ease and fulfill a lot more of what our children need from us. And this is through the strategy of receiving them instead of always giving. So tune in. We're going to go over some specific strategies and tools for different types of needs of our children. I'm so excited for this episode. Welcome. Welcome to the Mediocre Moms Club podcast, building a community of moms who believe that taking imperfect action daily creates powerful moms and fun, fierce, love-filled families. Are you ready to get fun comfortable? Here's your host, mother, creator, entertainer, and subpar singer, Tessa Aranda. Hello, welcome my mediocre mamas. Okay, maybe that was loud. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited to talk about this because in having conversations with so many moms, one of the things that is resonating with a lot of the moms who are reading the book, Mediocre Mom Magic, 10 Ways That Imperfection Will Bring You More Joy and Ease, uh, is the section on receiving our children. And so we're going to just dive into that a little bit deeper today because as I was going back and reading my book, it really is these these little nuggets. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up that book on Amazon. Um, but it's little nuggets of new ways of seeing motherhood, new ways of being in motherhood, and new ways of doing motherhood. And this concept of receiving our children, I think it's a really a big thing that we're going to be diving into here on the podcast pretty often because it's a practice in our lives. It's a new way of being. And so it's something that we have to really just kind of shift um, the way that we've been habitually trained to to relate to our children and to other people and really just enter a new paradigm with how we are fulfilling our own needs and the needs of our children. So what do I mean by receiving our children versus giving to them? I'm going to read you a little excerpt from the book um, in this section called Receive Them and Lean In. So it says, have you ever felt completely exhausted from meeting the demands of your family? The constant demands on your time, your energy, and even your body can be completely overwhelming, right? So what if instead of pushing away from your loved ones, You could stay true to your own schedule, desires, and goals while still being there for them. Being a mother is not an easy task, and it's normal to feel frustrated and overwhelmed with the never-ending responsibilities of motherhood. We often feel like targets for our children's emotions, leaving us with little to no time to focus on ourselves. But what I want to help you focus on is that it's possible to shift from being a giver to a receiver for your children, and that this is the way to truly begin to fulfill their needs so they don't actually need as much from us. So does this sound really, really yummy to you? (laughs) 
Um, if I don't, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm curious if you're a mom who also finds yourself often saying things in ways, things that maybe you don't want to say. And I'm just going to be totally honest here. I say like, go away or leave me alone. Um, what else do I say? Uh, I can't, I can't handle what you need right now. I need a little bit of space, right? Um, I am trying to focus on this task and your needs are giving me anxiety. I don't say your needs, but I say like, these ideas sound awesome, but it's giving me a lot of anxiety right now to listen to you. Can you please go write them down or go somewhere else? Just get out of my space. And I, I've never liked the feeling of putting off my children, like kind of pushing them away. I, I actually saw an ad. I can't remember who it was from now, but I saw an ad from a parenting coach years ago. And I've seen it since then. And she had these little drawings, kind of similar to the drawings in my book, but it was a, a drawing of a little child with, with this like sad face and a mom with an angry face, the stick figure mom yelling, go away. And the child just so sad. And my heart just breaks because not only do I have needs to have, you know, space and time in my own mind, um, you know, I have sensory I can tell that I get overwhelmed and I get anxious when I have a lot of sensory input. I have things going on myself, right? So as a mom, not only do I get overwhelmed and I'm trying to create those boundaries and that space, and I don't I don't want to do it in the way that I habitually do it, right? But also, I was that child who had a lot to say. I had a lot to give. I had a lot that I I wanted to be um, acknowledged in my expression. I wanted to be, I wanted to belong. I wanted to, to relate to people. And, you know, my mom had a lot going on. The adults around me had a lot going on. Um, and like life is crazy and busy. And so I know both ends. I know, I remember what it felt like to be put off as a kid, to be not listened to, to have my voice not matter. So I really began exploring this over the last couple of years. How can I still create, how can I get my, get more space as a mom? How can I create that space that I need, right? And I mean, just like I'm standing there cooking dinner and I just need a moment alone in my brain, right? I have had sensory input. I have, you know, been telling my kids to do things. I've been listening to different problems on the drive home from, from school or activities. I have been you know, planning the different things that our family needs to get done, um, all of the things. And there are just those moments where you're like, I just need a moment, <laughs> right? And it, and a lot of times it seems to be in those moments that our kids are really good at finding us. So I really wanted to explore this. How could I still set those boundaries, let's say, but I, I like saying create space for myself, like to feel like I have more space, like I can breathe. How could I create that for myself while still being a safe space for my children, while still allowing them to feel that they are allowed to express themselves, that they there is space for them to have a lot of ideas, to have feelings, to have things that they need to say, right? How do we rectify these two things? All that we need to be for our children, all that we need to give to our children, and 
all that we need in order to show up as a more happy mom? How do we have more joy and ease as a mom? And the answer for this was not in trying to be perfect and trying to fix my children's problems. Um, every single time my kids would come to me with something and I would, and I would say, you know, I, I try to fix it. I would try to, and and I'll give you, we're going to dive into some examples of what's the difference between giving to your child in one of these moments and receiving your child in these moments. And every time I would try to give, and usually from an empty cup, right? I, it was a moment where I really needed that space. And so if I tried to give, it usually made things harder for me. It usually, right? If I went, oh, I just have to be the perfect mom. I have to show up. I have to keep give, 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 give. It usually turned out worse. So how did accepting my mediocrity, accepting the fact that I don't always have something to give, that I need space and that's okay, how did that help me learn and understand this concept of receiving my children instead of always giving to them? So I'm going to share a journaling with you that I did. And this is something that I learned um, through the Gibson Banning Method, which is what I'm certified as a master coach in. And it is a process called trusted source journaling. And I know a lot of people do journaling like this. Maybe it's automatic. You call it automatic writing or you've learned it in that way. Um, Maybe God journaling. Um, But I often journal with my source of higher power. And I call that source God, um, my heavenly father or God, or sometimes I'll I'll journal with Jesus. And um, But I journaled and I was asking this concept that I've been living out the last couple of years and I've been feeling into and trying to understand, I wanted to put words to it. And so in my book, I wrote about how in this chapter, you'll read about how imagining yourself as a receptacle, as a vase, as a comfy chair, as um, something that your children can be received into, a mitt, (laughs) and they're the ball being thrown into the mitt. Whatever object or thing that you're going, I am an object that is meant to receive right? A vase is meant to receive water. Um, A couch is meant to receive a person to fall into it and to be comfortable. So what does that mean? And And this has been really pivotal and transformative for me to imagine myself as a receptacle and receiving my children. And so I'm going to share with you what came out in that journaling. And then we're going to dig into strategies and what this looks like in real time with different needs that your kids might have. Okay, so this is what I received in my journaling. Imagine yourself as a receptacle, open, expansive, safe, cozy. You do not have to solve their problem. You do not need to give in to their whims. You have to... I can't even read my own writing. I can't read my writing. Oh, I know. You have sturdy walls and an open, safe, comfortable place for your children to come rest their weary souls. Oh, How good is that? That's what I want to be. I want to be that safe, yummy, cozy place for them. And I could go on on a whole other rant. We could do a whole podcast episode about the fact that last year I got a tummy tuck after having five kids and my kids were really sad about my squishy skin on my stomach going away. (laughs) Like I, they liked me being a physically cozy place. Um, And I think there's like a lot to dig into with that. You know, I've had varying thoughts and we're actually going to do an episode on plastic surgery. So I don't 
anyway, just as an aside, I don't regret my decision and I don't doubt my decision, but I think there's a lot of pros and cons on both sides. So anyway, uh, some children will seek to be heard and understood. Some will seek pity. And I want you to think about your kids when they're being like extra needy and you feel like you don't have a lot to give, but what are the habitual patterns of needs with your children? And what are they often coming to you with? So are they seeking to be heard and understood? Some will seek pity, some physical interaction. The goal is not to quickly give them what they want, then shoo them away. That's what leaves them desperate and jones in for more of you. Instead of giving them what they want, give them what they need. Every circumstance is so different. So I'm going to give you a few examples and I kind of hashed these out. And these examples are from my own life, but I want you to um, share and you know reach out to me on Instagram, on Facebook. Let me know where you experience this with your children and what their needs are. And we can dig in, we can keep digging into this even more. I think this is so important. So example number one is with a very physical child. So I have two children that need a lot of touch and they're very, very physically seeking. So when they were little, it was they wanted to snuggle and they wanted to climb on me and they wanted to just always physically be with me. Um, But as they've gotten older, it's kind of changed, but they're still seeking those, the physical interaction. So my super wily first grade boy, he will often attempt to come into my space. And I don't mean just like, Hey mom, I need a hug. Hey mom, I need a snuggle. It's very something that he, that he is very unconscious of, but I can see very, um, I'm very aware of these needs that he has. Right. And I try to help him to become more aware, but he'll often try to come into my space and kind of almost dominate my space. And I can tell he wants me, that he needs some connection, some love, and honestly, to probably really get grounded in the world around him. He needs that that sense of, of groundedness coming from connection with someone else physically. So no matter what his interaction with me that he's attempting, um, snuggling, um, a conversation in the kitchen even, if, he's, if he comes in, um, it feels like he's flailing. And I feel like my space is being intruded physically. He elbows me accidentally. He um, stirs up a frenzy of just physical energy. So I'm physically reacting. He'll step on my feet. He'll, um, you know, he'll try to be gentle with me, but he just in repeatedly, you know, that's something that his dad is always saying to him, hey, you need to be gentle with your mom. Um, because, and it's not just him. My oldest daughter was very, very similar in the same way. So I don't think it's a boy girl thing. I just think there are certain kids that have this physical need. So sometimes I will push him away and tell him that I don't like what he's, what he's doing in my space and to get out. And I don't like doing that when, when I'm so aware, when I'm able to be conscious and aware of what he's really needing and what he's seeking. Um, sometimes I will like physically, just squeeze him and hug him and kind of move him away and then try to talk to him about what what does he need and he's in in my space and but generally when he is that physical that's the energy of me trying to give and to fix and he can't be present enough in that moment to actually even hear me or listen to what I'm talking about right so it doesn't work when I'm trying to give in that moment 
Um, I tell him like, if he can't respect my space, he can't be in it. But the problem again is that he is not conscious enough to receive like a lesson or a lecture or something that I'm trying to do to fix it in that moment. So the physical child is using habitual, like reflexive actions in order to experience connection, love, acknowledgement, whatever values there are that they are wanting to experience. And if you want to go a little bit more in depth into this understanding of the values that you're trying to experience as a mom or the values that your children are trying to experience in any interaction, um, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode one, why mediocrity, and it will really, really help you dive into that. So he's using these things. So generally, if I try to fix or if I try to give or if he's just in his habitual unconscious seeking um, through physical interaction, he leaves eventually only experiencing rejection. And neither one of us really know what, what should have happened or what could have happened. So how do I receive the physically seeking child in this instance? So... This is a practice and always the question is with any child, whatever their needs are, how can I receive them in this moment? And the strategy that I'm going to share with you that I have experienced and I have seen work has only been through the experimentation of me doing that check-in and going, how can I receive him? And the strategies that might work for you and that might end up happening as a result of that question might be different. And this is what I want you to get is that every child needs to be received differently, but I, but I do want to paint an illustration for you of what this might look like or could look like. So instead of trying to set boundaries, trying to fix, trying to lecture, or even seek understanding from him, because again, remember, when he's being this physical, he doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know why he's doing this, right? So to meet him where he is, If I simply stop what I'm doing to be 100% present with him for just a moment and lean in to the experience, he usually gets his fill, meaning he feels loved, he feels acknowledged, he feels connected, and then he gets sick of me like, okay, enough mom, (laughs) and scurries off, his little soul filled, he's grounded in his space, and he's ready to go on do whatever he needs to do, right? He's ready to go out on his own. He's ready to go be alone, which is what I desire a lot for my children to be happy playing on their own, you know, not saying I'm bored or seeking something from me. So how do I do this? How do I lean in? How do I get present and lean in in that moment with a physical child? So with a physical child, in order to receive in their physicality, What has worked for me is pulling him in extra tight. So if he, I mirror what he's doing and I receive him in it and then I amplify it. So I will generally pull him in really tight, wrap my legs around him. If I'm on like a soft carpet, I'll wrap my legs around him, his wiggling little body. I'll snuggle him up close. I'll kiss his little head. I'll say, Ooh, I'm so glad you came to snuggle me and you wanted to touch me and hug me. And I will just squeeze and squeeze and I will kind of massage and do some sensory, um, on his arms. I'll squeeze his arms. I'll snuggle up with him with the same energy that he came at me with. 
matching his energy in order to create a safe space. And so then I'm fully receiving him. I'm receiving him with exactly what he needs, not what he thinks he wants, right? And as I receive him in this energy, as I lean in to the experience as a receiver, I fill him up and he becomes filled. And like I said, his little soul is like, oh my gosh, enough mom. Like, I'm sick of you. Okay, okay, okay. And he actually now is like, okay, mom needs too much from me. I need to just like skedaddle, get out of here. But he's filled and I am filled. And generally when we do this, it takes way less time than we think it will. And we don't do it. We're afraid to do it a lot of times because we think it will take a lot of time. You know, we're making food, we're stirring, you know, this is going to burn. I can't, I can't get away. Don't be jumping on me. Don't be whatever because, because I'm doing this and it's going to take away from that. But when we lean in, it actually takes way less time than we think it does. Okay. So now we're going to look at what does receiving look like for a talkative, I said drama child, and I know that's kind of judgy, but it's just how I feel about it. It's just the best way to explain uh, this particular type of child. I have a child that um, just there's, you know, things go wrong. Like there's issues with friends and there's there's people that she didn't like the way that, that somebody did something and that, that it means something about her and, and they're judging her and they don't like her. And there's just a lot of drama. And what does receiving look like for a very talkative child that wants to tell their whole story of something that they experienced that maybe isn't the whole truth, right? A lot of times we want to give them perspective and we want to help them see maybe that's not really what people meant, Um, you know, but how do we receive them? Because a lot of that energy that we think, a lot of what we think we need to do to help this child is in the energy of fixing and giving And generally, in my experience, it often makes things worse. So the biggest thing is to not make the drama about us, right? So picture, picture yourself. And this is hard. I mean, uh, it's sometimes that this, a child will come to me and all of my children have moments like this. And sometimes they'll come to me and they'll be like, this happened with this person and they meant this and they were saying this about me. And I don't mean siblings. I mean like you know, a big story of something that happened. And and this happens with siblings all the time as well. But the very first step for you as a mom is to be present for yourself. So in order to not make the drama about ourselves, about, oh my gosh, this is draining for me to hear this, or this is exhausting, or you're being dramatic, or whatever we want to say or are thinking, picture yourself as a vessel instantly. Close your eyes, take a deep breath, do whatever you need to do, to envision yourself as a vessel in this moment. You don't have to do anything about what they're saying. And and just affirming this to yourself is so powerful. Often it is all we need so that we don't go into that fixing energy. Is we don't I don't need to fix anything about this right now. I don't need to do anything about this. I don't need to teach, I don't need to counsel. In this moment, all you need to do is receiving them. You are a safe space with sturdy walls. All I need in this moment is to to echo the cave that they are ranting into, okay? And so many people teach about this, but when you envision yourself as that vessel, 
How can I be this cave for them? How can I echo what they are ranting and raving into and not kind of perpetuate or make worse what they're having issues with? The The mistake we often make is echoing their judgment. So this is what is different. If we're afraid of hearing them and receiving them and echoing or Um, mirroring, repeating back to them what we're hearing them say, it's often because we don't want them to dig in and double down on their judgments and their beliefs about what people are saying or doing, right? And we want them to see it in a better way, in a lighter way, and, and with more possibilities. So the mistake we make, though, is echoing those judgments, their stories, their complaints about what happened, or worse, correcting their judgments, their stories or their conclusions. So my daughter, this happened to me just the other day and she came and she's, there was this story of, you know, this girl did this. And then I told the other girl about it. And then that girl got mad and said, she didn't want to be my friend ever again because I said this mean thing to her, but it was just the truth. I was telling the truth. And my habitual response was to say, why the heck would you do that? (laughs) Of course, she's going to be mad at you. You're telling her something bad that someone else said about her. And it sent her into a spiral. And this is so normal for us to want to counsel, to want to see what their story is and say, well, there's a better way. Okay. But <laughs> it did not help anything. So I rewound and I said, okay, I'm so sorry. That is not what I should have said. That is not what you needed in this moment. Are you willing to share with me again what happened? And I can be more present with you for what's going on for you. So in order to receive, in order to be that safe, soft space, in order to be that cave or that vessel, we have to um, simply, we have to echo the feelings, the things that we guess they are feeling and why. And the why is so important. Why, Why we guess they're feeling those things. And a lot of times that's what's missed. So their words and their story, their judgments, all the things that they believe about themselves and about other people that were happening, we need to know what they were feeling and why those stories and those judgments made them feel those things. So a lot of times we're taught in a lot of places, and this is what's different the Gibson Banning method that I am trained in. It's all about looking and shifting the paradigm. And a lot of times if we say, yeah, it sounds like you were feeling, you know, really frustrated and really alone, but we don't share why we think they were feeling that, then they will not feel heard. And the need will continue. The need to express the story and the judgments and the and the conclusions that they came to about this experience. So that's why mirroring, often I have kids that mirroring their feelings actually really irritates them. They want to know that they're fully understood in the why they were feeling those things. So the why is not repeating the judgment. Okay. So if she came to me and she was saying these things and I go, it sounds like you were feeling really scared and, you know, just super, super anxious about all the things that were happening at school today because you just wanted, you just wanted peace with your friends. So I didn't say you just wanted her to stop being mean and you wanted her to tell you that you were nice for, for telling her what happened. And I'm going back into her story. And if I go back into her story, it continues the, the story in her own head. It continues the discomfort 
But if I rephrase the why in terms of values that were missing for her, then what happens is she feels understood, number one, by me, and she is received by me, but she also understands herself and why this experience was so upsetting for her. And again, I share more about this, about understanding underlying values and the values that we're all trying to experience in any circumstance in episode one and also in my book, Mediocre Mom Magic. So if you want to dive deeper into values and how to use these tools to help your kids, I greatly encourage you to go check that out. So receiving your children those are two examples, the physical child, the, the drama issue with a child. There are so many other ways that our children need us um, that you can explore seeing yourself as a vessel, embodying being a vessel to receive your children. And I promise you, I promise you, you will have more joy, more ease in motherhood and be able truly to to just feel more expanded and have that space that you have been craving. So if you want some of the tools that we talked about here today, you actually can download the values sheet um, and the link will be in the show notes. It's a free download for you from me. You can download it. You can keep it with you. You can just have it in your phone um, as a picture so that you can check in often and go, I wonder what my kids are trying to experience right now. What am I trying to experience right now? Uh, I love you guys so much and I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mediocre Moms Club. Y'all can grab the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.mediocremomspodcast.com and make sure to grab your copy of Mediocre Mom Magic on Amazon and leave a review for a chance to be featured on the podcast. All right, we'll catch you next time.